Late Night Conversations with Patricia Anduli, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. A warm welcome to you, Professor Quibus Marie, and uh, you are a professor of uh, educational psychology at the University of Pretoria. Good evening. Good evening, and it's very, very good to be with you. And I'm glad that you have joined us. Uh, we are talking about an article that you recently uh, published, uh, talking about the the fixing the gap between the schooling um, and work environment within South Africa. Perhaps if you could, uh, please take us uh, through the context of this article. Certainly. Um, this is a multifaceted story, so I'm going to try to be very brief. Uh, globally, the big, big thing today is to enable learners to become, number one, adaptable, simply because the world is changing faster than the speed of white light. And also especially employable. In, in Africa at large, global South context at large, the, the, these notions have not uh, settled in as nicely as elsewhere in the global north. See, we don't want people to merely leave school and try to find a job because they'll find a job today and then find that the world has changed and in five years' time and keep on changing and very soon they'll be out of that job. So I think government is now headed in the, in the right direction by introducing, for instance, robotics and those kinds of things, coding into our schools. That, I tell you, is a major step forward in terms of enabling people to become employable. So they can work anywhere in the world. They can start their own little business. They can create jobs for other people. And that is the major thing. The second thing, and stop me from talking too much, the second thing is um, Minister Angie Mocheka is very clear on the matter she intends, not only she, but her department, intends to in- introduce a new general education certificate at the end of grade nine. And uh, hopefully, <clears throat> sorry, maybe by next year, the year thereafter, that certificate will kick in. And that will give learners an opportunity at the end of grade nine to continue with their studies, study at the Tibet College. Now, Tibet colleges, we know, will probably change somewhat as well, or enter the world of work. And that's exactly where my concern kicks in again. I want to know what is meant by the world of work. Are we going to send people that lack employability, adaptability into the world of work that is saturated with people and that don't have the necessary qualifications to enact their, enact their key life themes, be successful, experience a sense of purpose and hope. So I'm going to stop right here. It's a very multifaceted thing. And the one thing that I want to maybe just say is career counseling for, can I be honest, black black students um, at large is woefully lacking. That has to change. We need to find a way to deal with that matter. In my opinion, that is one of the biggest, biggest challenges that this country is facing as far as education and training is concerned or are concerned. 
We are talking uh, to Professor Kwebus Marie, who is a professor of educational psychology at the University of Pretoria, and uh, we are looking at the gap between school and work. Fixing this gap is one thing that we are focusing on right now. A team, as I'd like to hear from you, perhaps you are in the education system and you've also been quite uh, concerned, or you're a parent and you are concerned about uh, the prospects for your child. The number to dial is 011 714 or you can SMS on 41391. We are also available on WhatsApp on 0614-104-107. Now, Professor, looking at the fact that you say um, we need to ensure that children are, uh, can adapt quickly and easily to change, but does uh, uh, the current education system, never mind the fact that we are only getting a certificate at the end of grade 12, possibly now at the end of grade 9, but does the current education system and the sort of um, education, the biologies and the maths and the sciences and everything else, do they cater for children to have a mind that can quickly change and adapt as opposed to just learning to remember? That is just a beautiful question. You know, I think the the, the jury is, is no longer out. I think the jury has is about to make a decision. The need for people with skills that will make them become employable is the need is great. And the earth ball re- referred to soft skills that now, you know what, become equally important um, as the so-called hard skills. In fact, globally, we've changed the word soft skills when we refer to career resilience, innovation, problem solving, the ability to collaborate, to network, etc. So these soft skills, for instance, emotional social intelligence, are hugely important. The idea of be, being creative, being innovative. You know that big companies tell me that they hire people on account of their creativity, their ability to innovate themselves repeatedly because the world is changing so far. And sadly, sadly, our school system is lacking behind. These skills are not developed as, as well as they should be developed. Let me just maybe talk about the notion of emotional social intelligence. I think there is general agreement globally. No, I don't think so. I'm saying so. But if people, those, those, those among us that are emotionally socially intelligent stand a far better chance of eventually living successful lives, making social contributions, and earning money they need to put bread and butter on the table. So while at school, the idea of raising children that are emotionally socially intelligent might not have that big an impact. I tell you what, the moment people leave school, their sense of emotional social intelligence will stand them in great stead. You can look at research, study after study after study, it's improving time and again that people that are more emotionally socially intelligent than their peers stand a better chance, a much better chance, of eventually becoming employable, successful, being able to make huge social contributions. And most importantly, they're also enabled to 
enact the key life themes. And I hope we get some time to talk about this key matter as well. A-teamers, uh, I'd like you to please go to our Twitter. We have a Twitter page. We have uh, put up a poll for you there that we'd like you to please participate in. As we are talking to Professor Quibus Marie, who's a professor of educational psychology at the University of Pretoria, and we are talking about uh, fixing the gap between education and work. Now, the poll on Twitter asks you, do you think that we have done enough to fix the gap between school and work in South Africa? In other words, does our education system provide what is required in the world of work. Please go and uh, put your votes there. You can also send us a WhatsApp on 0614104107 or SMS 41391. Professor, on the issue of career guidance that you mentioned a bit earlier, um, it seems that career guidance in the lower quintile schools is, is what's lacking. Lacking, And with this in mind, and you also mentioned this, that um, this, especially in the, in the black African uh, schools, it's lacking career guidance. What, whose responsibility is it to ensure that career guidance is given to young people so that young people can choose the right career paths, whether it is straight after grade nine, they go into a TV at college or after grade 12, they should be going to a university or college that is able to assist them uh, correctly. Um, I put the blame squarely at the at the door of government, but also the private sector. There are many highly trained professionals in this country capable of administering postmodern career counseling. And again, that's a long story, topic for a different day. But let me repeat myself. I personally have repeatedly advocated, pleaded with government to make it compulsory for every educational psychologist to spend a stint in township schools, in rural schools. You know what the staggering impact that such a step will have. The effects will be incalculable. Nothing has been done. Clinical psychologists, counseling psychologists, yes, they do their stint of career of, of community service. What baffles me, in fact, I'm dumbstruck, why not draw on this huge pool of available human resources? Let's take it one step further. Why not make it compulsory for every qualifying teacher to do a stint a one-year, a two-year stint, and yes, let's make it safe. Let's, let's provide them with incentives. That, those matters can be negotiated. But make them available to people that are being denied access to career counseling. I'm wondering, life orientation um, serves its purpose to a certain extent, but the lack of time that is given afforded to career counseling, and sorry, the fact that people are not invited to spend time at schools to enable teachers to facilitate career counseling. There are many professionals, let me, let me repeat myself, that are more than willing to go there. I'm, not, I'm, I'm really not sure as to why the value of career counseling, call it what you wish, vocational guidance, 
career guidance, career education. There are many facets of, 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 of the phenomenon. I'm still dumbstruck. The good news that I want to share with everybody, it's not really good news. And we started the SA Career Development Association, and I think three, four years ago, and it's going great guns at this stage. We're rolling out programs. Uh, two, three weeks ago, we spent time in Mbangwani, very uh, close to the Beacon and the Swazi borders. See how this indigenous program works in rural areas. And from what we've seen, the news is extremely positive. The approach is working very well. So we have three levels of career development practitioners. And guess what? The first cohort at the entry level, entry level career development practitioners, they're already, already working. We started um, awarding designations, etc. So we're moving along very much. We're very well supported by, for instance, the Mercita. We thank them so much for their, for their funding, etc. So great things are happening. But sadly, sadly, um, much, much, much more needs to be done. And, and let me just repeat myself. Sorry for being repetitive. The human resources are there. The people that can train them um, to deliver a state-of-the-art service, those guys are there. And from the longer beginning of the year, invited me to train 50 life orientation teachers, and this will be rolled up probably across into Malambia next year. So things are happening, but it's happening far, far, much, much too slow to my liking. I'm i I'm excited, but I'm also deeply concerned as to why, like I said, we're not utilizing the resources that are available. If somebody can explain that to me, I'll be a much wiser man. Let's go to the lines. We've got KGM holding. Uh, good evening, KGM. How are you this evening? Good evening, Pat. Uh, good evening to your guest and good evening to the listeners. Um, good evening, sir. Prof, let, let, me, let me put two challenges to you. Firstly, let me give you my conspiracy theory. I believe that ours is not education. If anything, it is indoctrination. It does not prepare us to own and control the means of production. What it does is it prepares us to be um, human resource to the captains of the industry. Now, I've, I've had an opportunity to travel the world. I stayed for a, a brief period in Europe, and that got me to kind of compare apples with apples in as far as education is concerned. And even right through to the academics. If you take a, a matriculant equivalent in the UK, for instance, or even in China, you you can't even compare that to a graduate in South Africa. But we have people like you, Prof, with due respect, who says we, we see the problems here, you're pointing fingers, you, you're punching the holes, and we do this year in, year out, whereas a continuation of a bad thing ensues. The second point is this. You've got illiterates like me who are in business, 
You've got academics who are qualified, come and work for illiterates like me. What mantra does that give to the confidence that education is anything to go by? When you go get a degree, diploma, whatever the qualification, even PhD, and you come and report to an illiterate. Um, if, if you can deal with this too, I will very much appreciate that. Pat, thanks for taking my call. Thank you very much, KGM. And uh, Professor Marie, um, could you please respond? Um, you know what, sorry, Sir broke up during the last part of his, of his question. If he could just kindly, in a few seconds, just repeat the two matters that he wants me to deal with, and I'd love to deal with them as best I can. Well, the one is the issue of uh, that we are not being educated to do well, but we are educated to be indoctrinated, um, to be uh, human resources. As And uh, the second is how do you then... Um, you know, deal with the issue that some graduates are now reporting to illiterate people who are business owners. Okay, thank you very much. Now I understand. Um, uh, uh, what what Sir is saying makes perfect sense. If you go to um, so many venues across the country, let me take it one step further. You'll find people that have degrees, even master's degrees, and as Sir said, even doctoral degrees, that, that simply cannot find work. The problem is not that they cannot find work. The problem is they're just really not employable. So I think that the major thing here is the emphasis is not strongly enough on those skills that will help people become employable. Um, can I share something with you that I'm still wondering about? Every now and then, departments release the list of um, jobs that, that, are, that are in high demand. And time after time after time, you would see the following high on the list and management positions. So you know what? Um, I'm not sure that I understand what's going on. So many people, so many people read the stuff and believe that if they do a computer certificate in, in management, they will be employable, will be able to find a job. That is simply not true. Can I share something else? And this is really, in my opinion, a bombshell. Um, ever since 1994, we've been listening to the announcement of the grade 12 outcomes, and everybody's very happy, the pass rates that rise year after year after year, and yet our unemployment figures are staggering. So I wouldn't go so far as to say that schools are indoctrinating uh, learners. I don't want to end up in big trouble. What I'm saying is that the emphasis in our school is surely not always where it should be. I think there should be a major shift in emphasis, revisiting the curriculum of every single subject. I'm going to say something here that, that again, people were thrown at the upset with me. Um, Ms. Andy Mochekha also announced that history will have to be taken by everybody, every learner in every school, in every textbook will have to be rewritten. You know what? Sorry to say that, but that's a highly political agenda that I'm reading between the lines. How employable 
Well, a super A in history makes 90% of the of the school going learners. And I'm asking that question again. How employable? What contribution will passing that subject make to me becoming employable? The feedback that I'm hearing where I'm working across the country is I want to be able to find a job. I want to become employable. Drop everything. Help me, help me find my place under the sun. So I think, I think, you know what, I have to agree with that. We need to get together, get as many stakeholders as possible together within the next few weeks. Sit together, rethink everything, and listen very carefully to what the people that are struggling to find employment. You think to them, don't, don't listen to people with their heads in the sky. Listen to people on the ground, people that are suffering, people that are going to be hungry. Find out, find out from them what it is happening. Get people that are successful. Let them tell us how to go about to become employable. So again, the resources are there. We're just not utilizing the resources. But, uh, Professor, you know, I've I've got a feeling that, um, you know, we as a society need to start looking at being entrepreneurial. So the entrepreneurial ability being taught in schools as opposed to employability. Because there's a pool... Possible to show me and my cell phone. You're breaking up and it's it's very difficult to hear what you're asking. All right. If your line is a bit difficult, Professor, let's rather continue with this conversation some other time because it's a bit difficult for us if you can't hear us. Take a break and I'll take you to Ben. Late Night Conversations with Patricia Dooley, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. Late Night Conversations Late Night Conversations Monday to Thursday 10pm till midnight Late Night Conversations, and uh, we are looking at the education issue. Uh, we had on the line Professor Quibus Marie, who's a professor of educational psychology at the University of Pretoria. Unfortunately, his line was bad, so we are trying to get hold of him again. But, um, you know, before uh, we lost connection with him, uh, I was just asking the question that shouldn't we rather be looking at entrepreneurial ability uh, being um, you know, one of those things that are inculcated or taught or even introduced, I don't know what the right thing would be in the schooling system to bridge the gap between school and work because looking for work in this day and age shouldn't be our core or our crux. It should be, um, it, it should not be what we are teaching in, in my opinion, because a lot of people are sitting without jobs with all their qualifications and degrees. Let's hear what uh, Professor Quibus Marie has to say about that um, when we get hold of him. The number to dial a teamer is 011-714-2006, or you can uh, WhatsApp on 0614-104-107. Let me just remind you that we've put up a poll and we've asked you, do you think uh, we have enough to fix the gap between school and work in South Africa. In other words, we does our education system provide what is required in the world 
of work. The number, and right now, the numbers are looking like this on the poll. 90.9% of people voted on the poll say no, while 9.1% say yes. So it seems that the majority are really saying no, 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 there, there isn't enough that's being done. So we still need to fix this particular gap. Professor, are you back with us? I'm back and I, I can hear everybody loud and clear. Hallelujah. Excellent. At least now I can hear you. So, Professor, the question I was posing was around, you know, shouldn't we rather be looking at uh, teaching how young people in the education system, whether from grade one all the way until they finish university, to be entrepreneurial thinking, give them entrepreneurial abilities, as opposed to saying, go out and look for a job? I mean, I can give an instance. Um, If a person is a medical doctor and that's what they've studied, it does not mean that they need to go out and look for a job they can start their own practice. So why is it that we are so hell-bent on um, teaching South Africans to continue looking for work while we know that the employment market is really, really saturated and difficult? That's a very, very fair and a very, very valuable comment. Look, I think what you're saying is um, the very same as, as, as what I've been saying for so many years. Teach every single learner in this school the basics of entrepreneurship. And look, I'm not saying that only teach entrepreneurship. There has to be a backing skill. The nurse has to have entrepreneurial skills. The teacher has to have those skills. The, the, the technician has to have that. The electrician, the medical specialist. So yes, absolutely. Bring that back into the curriculum. Make sure that each one of us, again, has the well-developed entrepreneurial skills, and that in itself will contribute, contribute greatly towards people becoming adaptable, employable, innovative, creative. So we, 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 we're saying the very same thing using different wording. Couldn't agree with you more. And I don't understand why these things are not really happening. I'm let me, let me go to an SMS here from uh, Isagila who says, apprenticeship, apprenticeship, and apprenticeship right into the 10th Industrial Revolution. No one is born into a job. And there is a voice note here that will quickly play. That's, that's yeah, you see the best teacher in South Africa is a teacher who can make sure that all the learners pass. And for all the learners to pass, they need to get a 30%. No problem solving, no nothing is needed there. No emotional intelligence, no nothing. As long as those learners are getting 30%, all of them, then I can tell you now, that teacher is the best teacher in South Africa. So uh, the answer to your question is no. Tepo. Well, we've heard what Tepo had to say, Professor, and uh, one of my biggest concerns is the fact that with the current education system, the way it it looks, the subjects that are being taught, we are just not even ready to absorb uh, the fourth industrial revolution. Yes, we are using technology to conduct lessons, but our subjects on their own have not incorporated anything that will assist our youngsters who are in school, including universities, to be able to deal with technology. We are not even aware of the sort of careers that are needed. And here, Tsepo says, well, the best teacher in South Africa just needs to help children to memorize 30% of their work, regurgitate it, and pass. 
Look, sir is entitled to his lease, and I'm not going to say anything. What I want to bring into the, the fray as well is the following. And I've been saying this for ages now. The CETAS have access to many, many, many millions of rats. The CETAS have invaluable opportunities. You know what? All these, all these learnerships they offer, others have preferred to the same matter, will help people become employable, will help them find work. But you know what? Let me be honest. Very few learners in this country are even aware of the CETAS, are even aware how the of how the CETAs work. That is something that needs to be foregrounded, highlighted. So if we can bring the CETAs into every single school, come talk with the kids, tell them what is available, and share the good news with them, beginning of grade 8, return middle of the year, etc. Hit the message home. Then, tell you what, we will see a staggering change in our 40s. I stand all for by Professor, on that note, I'd like to thank you for sharing your time with us this evening. Thank you so much. It's been, been a privilege and thank you for your fantastic work and the learners and all the people that have contributed. Excellent. Thank you very much. That was Professor Quibus Marie, who is a professor of educational psychology at the University of Pretoria. Let's take a short break and then we are going to be speaking to Cleopatra Mariri Island, who's a South African, uh, but now is uh, um, an American uh, in terms of citizenship. And uh, she's going to be giving us an understanding as to how the election day went today. She voted herself and we want to know what's happening on the ground. At 11 o'clock, Zoleka Kodaja comes in with the final news bulletin. And after that, we'll be speaking to a couple about their relationship and the the various uh, issues around uh, religion and uh, spirituality. And if it's working to be uh, a couple that don't believe in the same faith or the same um, religious or spiritual beliefs. Does it work? And how do you make it work? The number to dial for you to interact with us, A-teamers, is 011-714-2006, You can SMS 41391 or WhatsApp 0614